Log Talk Radio. Dominated the headlines over the games. 
Yeah, it definitely has because a lot of those conferences, as you mentioned, that are losing big-time players like Xavier Butler. You know, Butler just came into the A-10, and now they're leaving, and now Xavier's leaving, and Xavier's been like a main, like, main, like, front head in the, in the, in the, in the Atlantic 10 to see that going. Then Creighton, once Creighton, now with, now with Creighton moving out of the Missouri Valley, that takes a big hit to that conference because Creighton is the Missouri Valley Conference. When you think of that conference, you think of Creighton. So that's interesting to see. And Creighton did today clinch an NCAA tournament bid. So this was probably their last time that they will clinch an NCAA tournament bid in the, in the Missouri Valley Conference. Yeah, uh, Creighton has a, a great score down there, uh, McDermott, and uh, you know that's Dana Altman, the Oregon's ex, uh, the Oregon coach's ex school, and uh, they went in the tank this week, and his old school went upwards. So you just never know in uh, college basketball. And then, and then Daryl, how about uh, Florida uh, going down and losing to Kentucky, a game Kentucky had to win. To probably cinch it in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I saw that game over the weekend, and you know, like we stated uh, weeks ago. Well, I know Kentucky was a, a, a team that I kind of surprised in the way they're playing. But you know, to go down like that and uh, a must-win game, and you don't show up on the court, uh, it's definitely uh, some shaky situations that is happening with that team. So. Uh, Right now they're sitting at a, a nice spot, but I'm not sure if they'll be guaranteed that same number when our Selection Sunday gets there. Uh, you know, you we would like to go out and win the big games. You know, it's the final game, claim the title, and have uh, let it be yours. But I, I believe they end up sharing the title with Kentucky State. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just uh, really interesting what goes on. Uh, in college basketball this time of year, everybody fighting. There's so much money involved uh, uh, in college basketball now, mm-hmm. and everybody's got to win, get there to the tournament. Who do you guys think is the best team uh, on the East Coast? It's pretty easy to determine who's the best team out in the West Coast, uh, and this is the East-West Hoops Loop, uh, and that it being Gonzaga, who very easily could win it all this year, but Who's the best team on the uh, west co- on the east coast? Um, that's a tough one. I have to say because it flip flops a lot. A lot of people would say Florida. I mean, not well. For me, would say Florida. A lot of people would say Miami. A lot of people would say Duke. They might have people to say Georgetown with Otto Porter. So the hmm, top team in the east. I would have to go with the Miami Hurricanes. I had to say the Hurricanes. They're wow. playing good. Jim Laranega and company yeah. had a slip up earlier this week against Georgia Tech, but I think they're I think they're the top team because they handled business this year. They took down Duke, you know. Well, I didn't expect yeah. them to be good this year, and they showed up. So I def- I think Duke is. How about no, you, Daryl? What do you think? You think that who do you think is the top? There, you going with Miami? Yeah, I'm going with Miami too. I I had it uh, been going with them for a while, and uh, they definitely proved proved themselves. I know they won over the weekend against Clemson to claim the, their title. They uh, you know they had some downfalls early in the season, but as Javon mentioned, they found a way to turn it around, get the ball rolling. They're winning games. They're looking great. So uh, that's definitely a good team. 
it was a team to watch, but a team to be here out on the East. What do you think about the Midwest guys? Who's who do you like in there? Do you like Kansas? Um, you know, they seem to be somewhat of the dominant team. Uh, I think that also uh, Illinois is good. Um, Michigan State is good. Uh, Michigan is good. Ohio State is good. That Big Ten basketball just keeps rolling along. Uh, it, I, I think it, you know, year in and year out, it might be the best league in basketball. It's surpassed the ACC. Yeah, I definitely agree. The Big Ten has been very, very good this year. And when you look at teams out in the Midwest, you, it's kind of hard because you can go with you can go with Creighton because they're in the Midwest. You can go with uh, you can go with you at any any of the schools in the Big Ten. You can go with Michigan State, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, which all those teams have beaten up each other throughout the whole season. Just about. So you don't know who's the top team in that in that whole bunch. So I don't know who to go with in the Midwest. I have a sleeper team though in the Southeast. If we get to that point, I have a sleeper team that nobody talks about in the Southeast. So. All right, what do you think about his sleeper team, Daryl? I think he went to sleep and dreamt about <laughs> some team that's going to win. You know, that's his. That's the strength of his sleeper team. He doesn't know anything about the Southeast teams. He gets. Oh, give me a break. Go on, please. Come on. You know, you you fell asleep and you dreamt that that Ball State was going to lose in the final to Mississippi Valley State. That's the team, right? That's what you're telling us. <laughs> Who's that sleeper team, man? Yeah, give us the sleeper team, Jovan. We're waiting here. We got dead air. We need your sleeper team. Okay. My sleeper team in the southeast was Mississippi was not Mississippi Middle Tennessee State out of the Sun Belt who lost tonight to Florida in the national in the Sun Belt semifinal conference tournament. If this team got in, they were going to be a very dangerous team because they can score with just about the best of anybody in in the NCAA basketball. And another team is Florida Gulf Coast who won the Atlantic Sun. They did take on Miami this year in their conference. So. What uh, what about that team? Uh, is that the Moccasins, or is that their nickname? Who, uh, Middle Tennessee or Florida Gulf Coast? Yeah, Coast's? Middle Tennessee. Oh, no, they're the Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders. What's a Blue Raider? I do not know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's confusing to me. Why do you think, Jovan, that they're such a good team? Defense, offense. Give us a, a player from that team that's pretty good. When you when you look at when you look at a team such like Middle Tennessee, looking like a team such as Middle Tennessee, it's more about the way they the way they play basketball, and that's the on the that's the offensive side of the offensive side of basketball. They're twenty eight and five this season, and they have a they really the thing is they don't score a lot. Their top scorer. Uh, Marcos Knight had had twelve point had twelve point five points per game, so it, it more of how many how much points they score. They score about seventy one points per game, and that that's kind of good when you think a lot of teams don't even get up to that point on a daily basis, and they do. So I think that they were a team that you know a lot of people saw. Well, you know they are they they can score. You know they can score with a with a lot of teams. In the in the NCAA because they did 
they did beat they did beat some SEC teams this year. They beat uh, Mississippi sixty five sixty two, and then they beat Vanderbilt fifty six fifty two during the before conference play. And conference play just ran through conference play until tonight when they got beat in the in the in the semifinals. So I think it's more of their offense and how they play good team good team basketball for the conference that they're in. Are you sure they're going to get in uh, the tournament? And, and Daryl, what do you, have you seen Middle Tennessee State play? No, I haven't. Uh, this is my first time hearing about the team. Uh, with uh, Jamal mentioned the guys, the leading scorers uh, having 12.5 points a game. Uh, they, they really might be a sleeper team, uh, paying up 71 points uh, per game. But uh, uh, if they do make it to the tournament, they'll have to prove themselves that, you know, they – they had this run, and, uh, you know, it's time for them to go ahead and show teams, okay, we might have a minimum. We're not like other big schools like Duke or uh, UNC, uh, Kansas, or uh, Kentucky, uh, you know, that we can go ahead and we can play uh, with you guys, you know, and keep up to, right. up to, up to speed, but it, it'll be something to watch. Uh, they'll have to prove themselves definitely a lot uh, if they make it in the tournament. Well, uh, what do you think about the buzz of this year's tournament, guys? Daryl, why don't you go? Do you think we've got as much buzz as we've had? I, I think there's a little more buzz because um, we don't know what's going to happen, and, and usually we've got a pretty good idea. We have no, no clue what's going to happen this year. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I know last year we already, uh, most of us had well, thought we knew who would win the uh the tournament this year, there's uh, a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it's pretty much been happening since the season started, and now, okay, we're down to the last week. Uh, you know, the teams are the upset teams are winning, and uh, you really, I really don't even know who to uh, pick uh, when it comes down for my bracket selection uh, next week when that opens up. So I'm kind of curious and watching, you know seeing what team is on the bubble and uh, just trying to find out at least what teams will make it to the final four because you never know what to expect because college basketball, March Madness is definitely at its best. So I have my eye on every team. I, I can't even say I have a strong, prominent winner because I don't. Here comes Jovan with his Northeast team that he's so excited about that's created the buzz. <laughs> the main black bears. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not the main black bears, but the Northeastern Huskies. <laughs> but I definitely, as what Daryl said, there's a lot of uncertainty this year because there is a lot of uncertainty because we've seen teams at number one. It was, as we said in past shows, being number one was a curse this year. And we saw that a lot, that these top teams are getting beat. And we almost saw that last night. I think it was last night when Gonzaga took on Loyola, took on Loyola Marymount. Loyola hung with them for the most part, and then they just slacked off. They Gonzaga blew them out. But we're seeing these. We're seeing parity this year, which I think is bringing college basketball more fun. You know, we're not seeing the blowouts. We're seeing the upsets, right. the court storms all this year. So I think that I think that actually helps the game a little bit more. And we have the big t- conference tournaments coming up this week, so I think that should help college basketball just so much more in TV in TV ratings. I'm going to get out of here a little bit early tonight, guys, and you carry on with NBA college, but I want to remind everybody, go to CSNNW.com. 
I've got a brand new blog that started this weekend, uh, Cross Sports Business Weekend, and then I'll be covering every college game throughout the tournament. We're going crazy there. We got golf, everything else. So I know Javon, Daryl, your regular readers. I appreciate it, and everybody else go to CSNNW.com, and I'll have a lot of information up there about Gonzaga as we go forward. So, guys, carry on. Javon, I'll talk to you on the golf show in about 40 minutes. All right. All right, everybody. That was great. Crawford on the line here on the East West Hoop Soup, and we have about 13 minutes left in the show. So let's get off the NBA. Let's get off college basketball. Let's talk about the NBA we have a lot of interesting than NBA, but first let's talk about let's talk about those Miami Heat. They extend their winning streak to 18 games this tonight after they beat the Indiana Pacers. Daryl, what do you think about that? Hey man, Miami Heat is uh, too hot to handle. <laughs> uh, 18 wins. Uh, LeBron James, Bray Allen. I'm sorry, I hate to mention him uh, being a former Celtic, but. Uh, Ray Allen, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, hey, everybody on the team, including the bench, has it together. Uh, they're rolling up and down the court. Uh, we figured, uh, my brother had mentioned to me earlier, he said, well, you know, uh, two things that probably would have given Miami Heat some trouble were the Pacers and the Knicks, but unfortunately uh, there was no problem for the Heat tonight. But 18 wins, that's the new, uh, they actually set a record for the most wins uh, this in the regular NBA season. So, uh, you know, they're definitely going to find their way uh, in the playoffs. They, well, they clinched today, uh, but they'll find their way. Uh, it won't be easy, but they'll find themselves in the Eastern Conference Finals. Definitely, as you, as you brought up, it's not going to be an easy task because we saw the Heat play at their best and we also saw them play at their, play at their worst. So I think that this 18 games, they have got tested, though, by the smaller teams, the Timberwolves. As we saw, Ray Allen and J.J. Barrett get to a little altercation a couple nights ago. So that's going to be something to look out for. And I think that they're going to get tested. And I think that right now they're just going through the motions because, you know, they're that top team. So they're going through the motions. But I think that now they definitely, when the playoff season comes up, I think that, the NBA playoffs will be interesting to see because we're going to see a different Pacers team than we've seen tonight. Most definitely, we're going to see yeah. tonight. So I definitely think that it's going to be different. We're going to see teams turn up the intensity. They're just playing a regular season. Just play not to get injured. So I definitely think we'll see something. We'll see the Heat play ten times better. Yeah, we definitely will. I know uh, a few weeks ago, I want to talk about the Lakers, but I know a few weeks ago, I actually were the Lakers. Uh, find themselves in the playoffs, and currently they stand as the AC out in the Western Conference. What do you think has uh, happened to LA uh, in order for them to get on this, this playoff run? Kobe Bryant. That's who it has been. Kobe Bryant in the last two in the in the last two games, not including today's game, but the last two games before that Wednesday games, I think versus then Hornets, and then was it Thursday game or Friday's game? I think it was Friday's. Friday's game, they played Toronto, I think so. And Kobe scored 41 points and 42 points, respectively. If you saw, there was a video clip of the Hornets game where Kobe actually, they ran a play where Kobe basically just sprinted down the court and got the game and got and got a, and got a layup to extend the lead. So, 
So I definitely think that <laughs> I definitely think that Kobe is I think that he's leading this charge and as we talked before the show, they're they're also getting contributions from Dwight Howard who's finally hit the reset button. He's playing not to the Dwight that we know, but at least giving more effort on the court if you can say. Yeah, he definitely hit the reset button because this man has uh turned into a beast. Uh he he's not well, he still has the the title as the best center in the league, but he's definitely turned it on and decided to go ahead and, okay, let's make this run. I came to L.A. I have a great team around me. Let's make this transition. And uh, I think him and Kobe uh, had to end their differences, you know, put those to side and go ahead. And the main job there being a Lakers uh, player is to win the title. So uh, things are looking good for them. Uh, today the Boston Celtics uh, played earlier against OKC, and, and I knew that was a challenge. Uh, because, you know, you had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook who continuously go off no matter who they're playing, where they're playing. They're just extremely talented ball players. So uh, the Celtics lost today, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't mad about it. But, you know, I, being a Celtics fan, I, we're, we're in a good seed. We have the 60 out of the East. So uh, if we can keep that up and – have the ball rolling, we'll be we'll be fine. I know uh, it'll be a struggle for us, the old team, as everyone calls it. Uh, we'll have somewhere to go uh, when the playoffs do roll around. Definitely, I agree. The, as you said, you wasn't mad at the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics have been playing good basketball without Ray on Rondo. I mean, you know, they're going against the Thunder, a more high power team than they are at this point in the season. So, taking the loss to the Thunder is not the end of the world. I mean, if you have lost to us team like the Bobcats, and that's the end of the world. But it's only for the Thunder, so it's not the end of the world. A team that is at the end of the world, you know, just now it's just playing for ping pong balls, it is those Philadelphia 76ers. They are 23-39 and 39 now. This is getting bad. The ship has, has sailed and it's probably sinking in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. Um, what the think about the Sixers right now? Well, I think the Sixers just Lost all hope. I know uh, I watched the game earlier. I, Doug Collins was mad, uh, extremely frustrated. The Sixers gave away the game. Now, first of all, uh, Orlando, the second to bottom in the Eastern Conference, they're 18 and 46. Uh, they don't have any fan support. And the Sixers, you know, a, a much better team than the Orlando Magic was. It was shocking to see them blow the game. All it took was one uh, costly turnover, and Jameer Nelson went off hit a three, and he had a follow in threes as well. So the Sixers uh, definitely have to make some changes. Uh, someone will be fired at the end of the season. Uh, trades will be made. Uh, maybe uh, if they want to consider Andrew Bynum coming back, uh, they will sign him to a one-year deal. But uh, right now he's just sitting on the bench uh, watching them play. Uh, Andrew Bynum is a good player when he's healthy, but the Sixers must do something because they're not the same team they were last year. They were in playoff contention, played the Chicago Bulls. You know, they they did well. The city was hyped. Now it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Uh, the season is almost over, and the Sixers have a horrible road schedule. They're, they're 6-23. Uh, I'm not even sure what's their record for the most loss. Uh, loss they had uh, on the road, but uh, 
pretty bad, man. You know, that's your team, so something has to happen. Yeah, something definitely has to happen. I mean, I've talked to people before about this. You you let Andrew Bynum go this season because he he doesn't he you don't know his knee his knee problems won't get better. Skip Bayless said that, you know, that Bynum has a degenerative knee condition. So why do you want a player that has degenerative knee has a degenerative knee condition? We don't know what you're going to get with him. On a given take, you'll probably play five games here, then five games off, then five games here, five games off. That doesn't help when you want to build, when you're building a team around a player like Andrew Bynum, who's considered by some the best center in the NBA. To some. So if you're the Sixers, you have to you have to re-blow this team up again. you got to blow it up again. And you start by getting rid of Andrew Bynum. You... Get rid of Spencer Hawes. You get rid of Nick Young. You get rid of Boy Island, Spencer Hawes. You get rid of that, and then you Doug Collins is not going to be here. Obviously, you get a new coach. Somebody told me now. This is a, now this is a shocker. Somebody told me that they that they that they that they want Aaron McKee to be the next Sixers head coach. <laughs> wow, talking about a, a true uh, legend. Exactly, Aaron McKee, Philadelphia, born and raised, Simon Grass High School, Temple Owl. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. I mean, he's spent years as an assistant coach. So maybe it is his due time, and maybe he can actually get across to these players than Doug Collins, because Doug Collins is more old school, and Aaron McKee is more of the newer school. He played with a player like Allen Iverson, back in Allen Iverson's heyday and when he was coming up. So maybe he can get to these players a little bit more. So I definitely think that's definitely, that's definitely an option. And if you're the Sixers, you got to use your free agent money when you when you get Andrew Bynum off the books. You go use that money to go pursue a Al Jefferson, a Josh Smith, a Paul Millsap, a Nick Pekovich, even a Tyreek Evans at this point because you maybe can get rid of Evan Turner too and put Tyreek Evans in the backcourt with, with Drew Holiday. Just something to think yeah. about. Sounds like the Sixers have a lot to do. Earlier in the week, um, uh, Chicago Bulls player Derrick Rose uh, was medically cleared, but he stated that he wasn't mentally cleared to come back and to play games in the NBA. Uh, I saw a statement where it said he couldn't dunk off his left foot. Uh, he, he wasn't completely confident in dunking off his left foot. Do you think there's any chance that Derrick Rose will come back even though the statements he said are out there uh, to the public, but with with the Chicago Bulls making a run and the playoffs as well, do you think he'll come back uh, maybe uh, once they get to the playoffs or he'll sit this season out? Um, I definitely think that D. Rose will come back. I think he will because he still has time left. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that he – it doesn't say he has to come back. This month he can come back. He can come back next month at the later part of the season where the games where they where you play meaningless teams. Like I think that's where you want to bring them in. Here. Bring them in when you're scheduled. When you have to play like the teams like the Charlotte Bobcats or the or the Detroit Pistons. You know those kind of teams. So you can build, bring him back in slowly. So when the bigger games come up in the playoffs, you have them ready to go. I think that he 
he will, by the time the season is over, be able to dunk off his left foot. So I saw that. I saw that statement. So I think he will be able to. And it's just a matter of time before we we're not going to get the same D Rose back. Obviously, not the same speed, the the the, the energy, the you know the the quick movements, you know the the quick first step. We're not going to have that anymore. But I still think you'll get a capable player that can help the Bulls, and they're winning with him. So just imagine when they add him with them, and then they possibly have to go through the Heat and the or the Pacers. So that's interesting to think about. Right, it definitely is, and I since then, but he uh, he can't. He, since he has came back from his injury, he's played in five on five games. He's now traveling with the team, doing practice, uh, warming some. It's pretty much risk versus reward. Uh, either way, if you're practicing, you can still get hurt. If you're playing the game, you still get hurt. So there, there's nothing to lose at that situation besides him potentially being out if he did hurt himself during the game. So uh, uh, it's something to watch out for. I know everybody's anticipating the return of Derrick Rose. I know uh, he went down uh, in a bad way against the Sixers in Game Seven. Uh, pretty much gave the Sixers an advantage to go to the next round. But um, Derrick Rose, a person of his caliber, he's an awesome play. I mean, he, he can literally run uh, Chicago Bulls offense uh, all by himself. So uh, it, it's definitely something to keep an eye opener on. Definitely something to keep our eye on. And that's going to bring us to the end of the show here on the East West Hoop Soup. I thank everybody for listening in. It's been a great show. We're talking about college basketball, NBA. I talked it all today. And when we come back next week, it will be Selection Sunday. So we're definitely probably going to look over the bracket and look at the teams and who got shafted, who did, who didn't get in, who got in, who's going to NIT. All that more here on the East West Hoop Soup. But for me, Joe offer with my co Offered and Daryl says we'd like to thank everybody for listening again. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, here on the East West Hoops on Blog Talk Radio. See you later.